Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. Well, there I was, laying in my bed at 3.30 in the morning, staring at the ceiling with my conscience pounding my self-worth. It had dawned on me that I'm telling people how to survive, how to thrive, after an EMP event where all the modern comforts are gone. No electricity, no water, no sewage, no garbage pickup, no police, no phone service, no internet. And here I was glibly telling folks how to stay healthy and not once telling them how to get water. Oh sure, I tell them to store water, how to purify water they have already stored, but I don't tell them how to get additional clean drinking water. Then it really hit me when I thought of my wife. This is where it got personal for me. My wife is semi-invalid and stays in bed almost all the day long. She has no stamina and can't walk a hundred steps. Then I myself have mobility problems as well. If all the water went out and the hot water tank went dry and the nearest water was a pond a half a mile away, I could not make it without the car running, and it won't be running. Well, I vowed then and there that I would solve my problem before it became a problem. I remembered years ago, in about 2000, I hired a company that had made water out of air. They had developed machines that would suck up the humidity and turn it into real wet water that you could drink or even irrigate with. It was an expensive alternative to how we get our water today, but it worked. And even now, a lot of desert countries all over the world are using similar machines, especially the Israeli army. Well, way back then, I had done my research, so I dug it out, and now I have a solution. I haven't yet decided whether to just make up plans and have you guys make up your own machines, or if I should just put them together and sell you a finished product. I will figure it out and let you know. My reasoning is this. While it is fairly easy to build a unit to get water from air, there would still be many who can't or would rather not build them. I'm pretty sure that I could get the materials far cheaper than most and could possibly make the units cheaply enough so that you could buy them ready-made for less money than it would cost you to make them yourself. Oh, well, we'll see. I got the materials and put the unit together and I let it run for 12 hours and it brought five quarts of water right out of the air. After tasting that water, I decided real quick that I will run the water through a purification straw like a Brita pitcher before drinking. But wow, I did get five quarts of water in 12 hours right out of the air. Now, 10 quarts in a 24-hour day is plenty for my wife and I to stay alive and even save another life or two. That was right here in the desert land of Phoenix. And we have a relative humidity of 45% then. When the humidity goes down, so will the water volume. But even half that will keep us alive and to spare. When the humidity is high, 
We store water so when it is down, we will never be without. I learned real quick that it really is non-productive to run the unit during the day. The humidity goes down and your results are terrible. At about 1 or 2 in the morning, the humidity goes way up and it's then that you get real water. You get far more water in 3 or 4 hours running it in the morning like that than you do running it the rest of the day, all day. How much would it be worth to you to have a never-ending drink of water for your kids or other loved ones when there is no other water? This unit is powered by the sun and only needs to be emptied once a day. An added bonus is that the solar power for the unit will also power oh, other things for your home like your refrigerator and washing machine, as well as some lights. The raw materials cost me less than about $800, and it took me about two or three hours to put it all together. Here are some specs. With a humidity of 60 to 80 percent and a temperature of 60 to 70 or higher, then you can plan for a little over three gallons of water each day. You do not need any electrical power beyond the solar panel, while the 1,000 watt inverter unit can also power some of your other power needs. You cannot depend upon it for all your electrical needs, though. Most of the power must go into making water for, from air. The benefits are many, but the main one is that you will always have water to drink. Our air always has humidity in it, and this unit can squeeze it out. As long as the sun shines once a day to charge your batteries, you'll always have water. At least enough for you and two or three other family members and perhaps oh, eight or ten chickens. The cheapest other solar generators with a thousand watt constant delivery are costing well over two thousand dollars <laughs> and they don't get you any water. I think I can get this done for a delivery price of less than $2,000, and it'll run for years. More on this as I figure it out. If you have questions, email me at ronsinclair2012 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Remember, you are learning the truth. Tell your friends, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry. A couple other things. Uh, I'm going to also tell you how to get water from dirt. Yep. <laughs> this time the process of getting the water from air is a little less technical and a whole lot more labor-intensive. But if you're thirsty enough, you will be motivated enough. First, I'll list the equipment you'll need. A piece of clear plastic sheet, at least six feet square, at six feet on each side. A flexible tube about six feet long, clear plastic tubing is perfect. And a clean pan of at least a gallon capacity. And then a water purification straw or other water purification device like a Brita pitcher. Grab your shovel and dig a hole. Make sure it's in the sun most of the day. Make the hole at least two or three feet deep 
and pile the dirt close to all the edges at the top of the hole. You must size the hole to allow your plastic sheet to completely cover the hole and seal out all outside air. You place your pan in the middle of the hole and place, better yet, tape one end of your plastic tube to the bottom of your pan. The other end goes out of the hole where you can grab it in your mouth and suck out the water. Finally, you put a small rock in the center of the plastic so the weight of the rock will sag the plastic sheet down so that any condensate, that's water, will run down and drip into the pan. Be sure that the plastic sheet is sealed all the way around the hole so no air can get in. The idea is that the sun will heat the bottom of the hole, driving any moisture out of the earth and it will condense on the plastic, then run down and collect into the pan. More experienced survivalists will gather a bunch of green weeds, tree leaves, or anything else that has a high moisture content, and throw that into the hole as well. The hole will get very hot as the sun shines through that plastic sheet, but the sheet itself will stay the temperature of the ambient air which will be many degrees below the temperature of that hole. It becomes a regular clam bake, or steam room, and the water does indeed condense on the plastic and drip into the pan. A gallon a day is not unusual. Just don't use the horseradish or sinkweed in your pit, or you may choose to die of thirst rather than drink that water. Oh, well. I guess you could go ahead and open the hole and pour that water into your pitcher. Yeah, do that. Don't die. And finally, here's another little treat that I think every one of you will really enjoy. It's how my wife makes homemade bread. For the ingredients, real simple. Two cups of water. One teaspoon salt one tablespoon yeast or one package, and two cups flour. Now, if you want to grab a pencil, I'll give you those ingredients again. They are two cups water, one teaspoon salt, one tablespoon yeast or one package, and two cups flour. Throw all of the ingredients into a large bowl and mix them up. Mix them really well and then pour it onto the countertop and knead it. That simply means to squeeze the daylights out of that dough for about 10-15 minutes. That develops the gluten and gives the yeast some time to get acquainted with that flour that it's going to feed on. Then leave it set for 20-40 to 40 minutes till it doubles in size. Be sure and cover the dough during this time so it doesn't dry out. Next, grab that dough and squeeze the daylights out of it again. Divide it into loaf pan size. Slam it onto the table. Be rough with it. Squeeze the daylights out of it. Divide it into loaf pans about two-thirds full, if you have them. If not, then just form the loaves and set them on your cookie sheet. 
Put them in a moderate oven about 350 degrees and bake for one hour. After you take the loaves out, let them cool. <laughs> if you can. If you can wait that long and then wrap one in a towel, put it in a box and address it to the mail. <laughs> to me. <laughs> the most difficult thing you'll have to do is to master how to keep your male family members away from that bread as it cools. Nothing says loving like something from the oven. Your men folk will never let your bread make it to the getting cool stage. Just give in. Make sure you have plenty of soft butter and lots of honey or jelly right beside it. Well, hey, folks, thanks for listening. Remember, you are learning the truth. Tell your friends, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry.